This is the River Radius, a cultural nexus of rivers, people, and boats. I am your host, Sam Carter. Welcome. So Mount Shasta is not actually in the Klamath Mountains. It's a volcano kind of on its own on the other side of the valleys. The Klamath Mountains are really cool because they are one of the most ecologically diverse areas in North America. And one of the reasons for that is because in the last ice age, it didn't freeze over. And so the ecological diversity is much older than other areas, even 70 miles from here. This episode launches a new project from the River Radius, the Source to Sea Project. Over the course of 2021, this podcast will work with various Source to Sea river trips to include periodic interviews with the crews while they traverse a river from the source to the sea. The first group is SAC Source to Sea. This group of three women will boat the Sacramento River in California from its headwaters to the ocean, launching on March 14 of 2021. I hosted our first interview with them two weeks before they launch, and that is included in this episode. After this first interview, they will call me each week from the river for a short update on their progress. There are two points of focus with this project. One is simply the journey of the people who are boating a river at its full length and the joy and movement of that journey. The second focus to me feels more global. It is a focus on a particular river. It is a focus that will help all of us who are not on that river learn about a new river, its source, its character, its water and geography, its beauty and struggles, its path to the ocean, and the human and wilderness communities the river bisects. The Sacramento River is the largest river in California. It provides water for agriculture in the Sacramento Valley, which is the northern half of the agricultural behemoth known as the Central Valley of California. The Sacramento Valley agricultural scene uses about 2 million acres of land to raise vegetables, nuts, cattle, olives, rice, fruits, and grains. This production consumes about 5 million acre-feet of water from the Sacramento River and contributes about $4.5 billion to California's economy. There are other greater volume uses of water from the Sacramento River. Currently, there are dams and water diversions on the Sacramento River. Pre-dam flood flows were about 650,000 CFS. Post-dam flood flows are about 100,000 CFS, which is rare. For this interview, the SAC Source to Sea crew was able to call in from a ski patrol hut at Mount Shasta, from a couch at home, and from the parking lot of the public library in Seward, Alaska. Please welcome the crew from SAC Source to Sea. My name is Alyssa Winkleman. I'm Ari Kosel. My name is Jamie Trapp. And Alyssa, let's start with you. Would you tell us where you live and uh, what kind of work you do for the gainful employment? I live in Mount Shasta, California, and I river guide, ski patrol, trail build, and I'm part of a new bike shop that's opening up in town, so opening a business. And um, Ari, what's up? Where do you live? What kind of work do you do? I live next door to Alyssa, which is really convenient. (laughs) And... um, I am currently a caregiver for my dad and a life coach, and I've spent the last five, six years as an outdoor educator in Riverbed. And and so I'm 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 assuming 
I think it's correct that you are a born and raised person from Shasta, from Mount Shasta. That's correct. I'm also born and raised just like Alyssa. We grew up here. So you two are pals from being kids. Yeah, we've known each other now 22 years. Is that the latest count? Um, We're getting to the point where we've lost count. That's how long it's been. Yeah, since we were seven. So yeah, 22 years. All right. And Jamie, would you tell us where you live and what you do with your, your work time? So I am currently based up in Seward, Alaska. Um, and for work, I've done a lot of different seasonal things uh, over the years, uh, ranging from uh, ice climbing guiding and sea kayak guiding. I'd say those are my two main things, um, to deck handing and ski resorts. Uh, even high-rise window cleaning and um, <laughs> whatever I can get my hands on, really. Um, and then I also do filmmaking independently on the side. So, yeah, kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. <laughs> and then tell us a little bit about the filmmaking. Are you? Do you have your own gig? Are you part of a bigger team? Uh, yeah, so I just do it on my own. Um, I graduated with a degree in filmmaking and also environmental study and so um i've worked on a couple different projects my biggest one um i made an adventure documentary it's called straight up um about the first kayak and climbing crossing of the bass strait from mainland australia to tasmania um so that's online right now on vimeo on demand uh, and yeah it was a really fun project and i just really love to be able to capture fun adventures and inspire other people and get people outside moving and grow community and, and care for the environment. And say the name of that film one more time, please. It's called straight up. Um, but it's spelled like S T R A I T, uh, like the bass straight straight up. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. You all are, are launching on a source to see river trip in March of 2021. Can you just simply tell us what is a source to see trip? A source to see trip is starting at the source of a river and kayaking, rafting, boating, however you want to get down it to the sea. It's that simple. It's that simple. Go from the beginning to the end. And we will be doing it on pack rafts primarily and then on sea kayaks for part of it. Have any of you done a source to sea trip before? Nope. Nope. And what river are you are you doing the source to sea trip on? The Sacramento River. And, and what what kind of river is this? You know, I mean, a river's got water and it's moving downhill. But tell us about the tell us about the nature of this river. Well, it starts around seven thousand feet. Um, with springs feeding it from higher up even in uh, like kind of subalpine setting. And um, it moves downriver into, not very far downriver from its source, it moves into a reservoir. Um, the water at this stage is really cold and clear, pretty fast moving and low volume at this point, not a ton of water. Yeah, below the first dam, Box Canyon Dam, the river is mainly Class 3 and Class 4 rapids um, and has more of a, a creaky vibe to it. In the springtime, it's really beautiful. There are a lot of wild azalea that grow alongside the river and Indian rhubarb. 
Um, and it's a great habitat for um, a lot of fish species. So there's a big fishing community along the upper Sacramento River. This is a very urban trip. Am I right in that interpretation that this is this will probably start off in kind of mountain country wilderness, but then will emerge into, well, where does it go? Where does this trip go geographically after it leaves the mountains? And is that an urban or a rural or a wilderness experience? I would say it starts off in wilderness, and um, but not in accessible wilderness. You know, it's all it's all accessible by forest roads. And then it travels through some small communities um, in the very beginning. And then once it gets below Shasta Dam and Keswick Dam, it's a pretty big urban area, um, Redding. And then it moves downriver pretty quickly, like, through more, not as big of urban areas, but, like, some bigger cities like Red Bluff and Chico. But all the while, you know, according to the folks that have done this, all the while from like below Shasta or below Redding really to somewhere just south of Chico, it, you kind of feel a little bit like you're, you know, you're in the grasslands, you're, um, you've got a riparian zone, you're surrounded by live oaks and willows. And so it, the folks we've talked to were surprised by feeling like they were more remote than they were. And then further down, you get into farmland, so you're, and the river gets more channelized, and so you're going through orchards and, you know, just like rice fields and different types of ag land, and then Sacramento is like full-on big city, river goes right through town, and then basically from Sac to, um... Real Vista is pretty urban. And then once we get into the Delta, the Delta is super complex and there's lots of small communities on these little islands that are built in the Delta. And um, so a little uncertain what that'll look like. Um, and then once we get more into the Bay, it's like lots of industrial zones. You know, we'll be passing under lots of bridges. There's um, like a rifle and ammunition um, uh, warehouse down in the bay and just very, very urban and industrial. Like you were saying, Sam, we'll never be more than like a mile or more away from um, farmland or urban areas once we're below Shasta Dam, which is pretty wild. Huh? Or maybe the opposite of wild. <laughs> This is California, to be clear. Will you be on snowmelt at that time, or is that still another month or two out? Um, A lot depends on what happens with the weather in the next three weeks. We're kind of the long term forecast is like some slightly unsettled weather, but relatively dry. Um, So dry and cold at night. So we probably won't be on much snowmelt yet. I think the snowpack's going to be pretty locked up at least until maybe the second half of the trip we'll start experiencing like a little rise if it's raining, but um, the current outlook is looking dry. So not snowmelt, just spring fed. And, and how long, how many miles are we talking on, on this trip? 
Um, it's about 400 miles from source to sea. And why? Why, why the Sacramento? Um, the idea kind of came to me, this Alyssa, um, a couple of years ago, just kind of floating around in my head, not really too big of a plan. And then, um, I suggested it to Ari and she was totally in, but the sack kind of has always, you know, I did, Ari and I both did our guides, our first guide trainings on the upper sack and, you know, have spent a decent amount of time boating on it and then, you know, being in it as kids. And so it's always felt, at least in our area, really special to us. And um, then I kind of was like, you know, there's so much more to the sack than just what I know. And it's such an important river for the state of California. It provides so many things to the state, you know, water for agriculture, power, water for drinking, you know, salmon and fish habitat. So it just felt like I wanted to learn more, basically. This is a this is a big river. The the Sac is a is a very big river. It, it, at first, I thought it was just another small mountain stream, but it actually becomes. Is it the largest river in California? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and, and it it's one of the largest rivers to be um, continuous in just one state in northern in North America. I think the other one is in Alaska. And we're talking when we talk that it's a big river in California and the United States. We're talking volume. We're talking volume, like outflow. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about the, the kind of some of the basic logistics, where you start, um, what, what's, what will it be like at that launch? Well, Alyssa and I scouted um, a little ways up the South Fork of the Sacramento River just to get a sense of what it might look like closer to the true source and right now it's really snowy um and like Alyssa mentioned the flows are pretty low so it's very creaky at the beginning and most likely we'll be starting out on skis and skiing down from some point above Lake Siskiyou to Lake Siskiyou where we'll then break out our pack rafts and start the actual boating section of the trip so, like skiing on top of the river? Uh, no, just there's like a road that follows the South Fork. Um, so, we'll probably just ski next to the river. And, and will that be skiing upstream or downstream? Yeah, skin up as far as we can and then ski down. And, and ski down until you have enough, and just simply enough until there's enough flow to get your boats in. Yeah, which most likely will be at Lake Siskiyou. Okay, that's fun. Um, maybe there's better words than fun. That's, uh, that's a lot. Um, (laughs) and, um, you know, I, I am actually, I am very interested in, in the mountain range that these, that forms the headwaters of the Sac River. Mount Shasta is part of this, but is that all part of the greater, is it Klamath or how do you say it? Klamath? Yeah, Klamath. So Mount Shasta is not actually in the Klamath Mountains. It's a volcano kind of on its own on the other side of the valley from the town of Mount Shasta. The Klamath Mountains are to the west of Mount Shasta, and they run north-south, and they're more of a range. They're kind of 
a sub range of kind of a greater area of mountain ranges, including the Trinities and the Marble Mountains and the Russian Wilderness. And so, but the kind of the main source that the SAC comes out of is an area called Mount Eddy. And um, that's on the furthest west portion of the Klamath Mountains. The Klamath Mountains are really cool because they are one of the most ecologically diverse areas in North America. And one of the reasons for that is because in the last ice age, it didn't freeze over. And so the ecological diversity is much older than other areas, even 70 miles from here. Tell us about the trees. Are the trees, are, are, you know, I think of Northern California, I think of huge trees, possible uh, kind of that rainforest type climate. Is that what you're dealing with there? Yeah, not not so much on this side. Um, it's not as much of like a rainforesty vibe. We'll probably be seeing um, a good number of firs. And then as we drop down through the canyon heading towards Redding, um, there's a lot more like cottonwood and um, alder and five oak, willow, lots of willow. And around the source, there's lots of fir. There's also uh, tons of cedar, which is really cool, and some dogwood, pine. And they are really big. In some areas in the Klamath Mountains, the trees are quite big because they're very old. But this area... In Mount Shasta, around the Mount Shasta area is historically been logged like for many years it was logged but that west side the Klamath Mountains where the source is coming out of was relatively um protected from logging so in some areas it was but um it's a little bit more challenging terrain to get around in so it wasn't as heavily logged there's not a ton of old growth forest but um you can find some really massive trees it's source to sea, so you're starting in the source of the, the Klamath Mountains at the headwaters of the Sac, and you're going to the sea. So we can put it together that you're going to the saltwater, but, but dial us in on where you will quit boating, where you will take out of the water and end your trip. Yeah, so we'll end um, once we get to the San Francisco Bay Area, um, the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, so we'll end up in the bay in the big city and then go get a breakfast burrito maybe. <laughs> what kind of boats? What are you doing for flotation? So we'll start out um, in pack rafts, which are small, inflatable, but very durable um, individual sized boats, kind of like a whitewater kayak, but um, they can pack down really small and so um, they can fit into like a backpacking backpack um if needed um and then as soon as the river starts to be affected by the tides and winds um further down we'll switch into sea kayaks um to be able to make progress because in the pack rafts um it will become difficult once the river gets wetter to be able to make progress against the winds and the tides so we'll switch into something more aerodynamic so these, this trip is, you're talking pack rafts, you're, you're saying they fit in backpacks. I think of boats that don't, they don't hold a lot of gear. So you all are, um, 
you're you're keeping it simple. You you don't have big coolers. You don't have you don't have Dutch ovens. Um, <laughs> am I am, am I right to assume that you're keeping it pretty simple with your supplies? Totally. Yeah. Unlike a a normal river trip where um, it's full on glamping season, uh, we'll be traveling more backpacking style. So um, trying to keep things light, especially because we will have multiple portages where we'll be. Um, hiking around dams or other obstructions in the river. And how much time are you setting aside for this for this expedition? Three weeks. Three weeks. You're slamming it. You're really you're gonna you're gonna hustle. We're going for it. <laughs> so not not a lot of second breakfast mornings. It's kind of get up and go. Yeah, yeah big days, no naps. <laughs> I don't think we have to compromise second breakfast though. We can we, we can do second breakfast on the go. Yeah, yeah, good call. I, I think naps too. You know, you can always fit a nap in. You'd be amazed what you can do with twelve minutes. <laughs> so the, you know the why you you, Alyssa, you you kind of got into it as you described the river. But what's what's the bigger why do this? Why four hundred plus miles in three weeks in the spring when you got to go in on snow and with backpacking gear? You know, why Why do this kind of expedition? Well, the stack has so many issues, and we just felt like there was a big story to tell here, and so many stakeholders that have a different connection to the river and have really good reasons for wanting water for whatever it is. I think one of the main reasons we're really excited about this trip is to explore the concept of perspectives. And on the Sacramento River, there are a lot of diverse perspectives of how the river should be managed and used. Um, And everyone's coming to the table from a place of experience, right? Like most of these are lived experiences of either um, an agricultural background, an indigenous background, more of like a scientific conservation perspective or legislators in the state capitol. And they all have reasons for believing what they do about how the SAC should be used and maintained going into the future. And so our goal is to try and capture some of those stories and uplift them and get a better holistic understanding of what's happening on the river in terms of all the diverse issues that it's facing And it feels really important because it's representative of uh, kind of the climate in our country right now where there's been a lot of polarization around differing perspectives. And I think a big goal of ours is to role model active listening and open-mindedness and the ability to try and understand where people are coming from. We might not agree with them. We might not have the same perspective. So we hope to come away just with a better understanding of why they have the connection they do to the river. So how, how, how do you go about that part of the trip? The, you know, the, the boating part we can put together, we can figure out the, 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 the get up and go paddle, stay dry, drink your water kind of scene. But how do you engage with those different stories and different user ideas around such a critical river in such a a water-hungry state? Yeah, we've um, spent the last couple of months kind of growing a network of these different stakeholders and 
um, building connections to find these people that we want to reach out to and uh, find kind of these stories that might commonly slip through the cracks um, and just be able to figure out who we need to talk to and then kind of set up that relationship with them so that as we're going down the river, um, we have an idea of who is where and um, who we will be reaching out to at what point in the river and set up an interview and um, film and record those interviews uh, to be able to gather those perspectives. How's the how's the feedback? Are are you are you feeling welcomed? Are you getting standoffish um, responses? So far, I would say um, we've gotten a ton of support. We had an article in a couple of the local newspapers in the North State, and after that, we got a lot of folks reaching out to us. Um, the local news station, um, <clears throat> PBS is um our broadcasting station pbs reached out to us they want to work with us we had NOAA fisheries reach out we've um built we've started to develop connections with some of the tribes we've got lots of scientists and conservationists that want to work with us um and so it's been really positive you know i think we had one like semi um questionable email mm -hmm. from one guy but everyone else has been really positive. I think one thing we are learning though, as we're starting to develop our network is just um, some of the sensitivity around the Sacramento and how certain stakeholders are presented. And so we are pretty conscious of that. Um, and I think trying to be just like humble and aware that a lot of these issues are pretty loaded for some of these groups and that some of them will have a particular way that they want to be represented and um, might not feel comfortable with us as well. Yeah, I would say one of the gaps in the network that we have developed so far is kind of with folks more folks in the agriculture industry and then in policy and politics we don't have a lot of connections there yet and hopefully that will change I think that like Ari mentioned just like having perspective and being open-minded hopefully when folks here in that in those industries hear about what we're doing and that we're really not trying to depict them in any negative way they'll be more open to talking with us but i think that that is um a concern possibly that of theirs that we might um you know represent them in a way that they wouldn't want to be so we're just trying to be really positive and unbiased as possible our goal is not to vilify anyone our goal is just to understand where they're coming from are are those um, are those hard characteristics for you to adapt to? Like, are you normally cornering people or like vilifying people, or is this? Uh, <laughs> right, it sounds like a ridiculous question, but but I really do wonder. Like, are, are you stepping out of your norms, or do you feel well suited to take on this task of speaking with this variety of of water stakeholders? I think we're pretty well suited. To, to being empathetic, but maybe the the point of growth is also being forthcoming with 
our own biases and perspectives ahead of time and like making sure that we're being very clear and transparent with who we're talking to um, as well and not, you know, not trying to to shy away from our own beliefs, um, but just practicing still being uh, really attentive and good listeners. So, yeah. oh, go ahead, whoever that was, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to add in, like, I think it's, like, really refreshing sometimes to kind of break free of your own echo chamber that you're in. And, like, uh, when you give people the chance to share their voice, um, and especially if it's something that they're passionate about and when it's something that is maybe different from what you're used to hearing, I think that's really exciting because those people are generally excited to share their perspective with someone new. Um, and yeah, and I think that's a really cool opportunity. So the, the descriptions, you know, a lot of this, your trip sounds very, um, kind of mission driven, very purposeful. It's not really, it doesn't sound to me like a vacation. It sounds like a three week, 400 plus mile, um, squeeze as much gear as you can into these small boats and go down river to have some, possibly some hard conversations. It doesn't sound like a vacation. It also sounds like a great expedition. Um, on a more personal level, um, on, on an independent personal level, uh, what kind of anticipations do each of you have for you for this trip? This is Alyssa. Um, I, anticipate it being a little bit of a suffer fest at times but i love suffer fest um on our website i classified myself as the suffer fest queen i've done lots of suffer fests and seek them out um so i think in terms of just like big days lots of miles like not really much opportunity for down days um it's gonna be hard work um so I'm excited for that aspect of it. I think the, for me personally, the um, challenge might be just like the logistical aspect of trying to set up interviews and wanting them to happen, but just like kind of being okay with the fact that they might not happen while we're moving downriver and that stuff, you know, this is like an ongoing project. It's, I feel like the trip itself is just like, halfway through the project so like you said it's not a vacation it's just this like big project that we decided to take on uh this is Ari yeah I think similar to Alyssa um I enjoy epicking uh I think anyone who works in outdoor education will be able to relate to that of we have ridiculously long days and work really really hard um, but we love being outside and we love a bit of that, uh, pushing yourself to your physical and mental limits. And so I'm, I'm really excited for that aspect of this trip, especially, um, during this period of COVID of being less nomadic than I have in the past and being grounded in one place for a while. I'm really excited to be in a flow again and have this, um, the project and the moment momentum behind it, fueling these hopefully really awesome connections. Like you said, some of them could be challenging, but I'm really excited to just 
talk to strangers again and um, regain that sense of spontaneity that can happen when you're you're just living in the moment. Um, and uh, touching off of like what Ari said as well, uh, yeah, I think that this, during the pandemic, um, for me at least, life has been very uncertain. Like I never know uh, if my jobs are going to line up or like where I'm going to be or where I'm going to go. Um, and so I think I'm very excited for that flow state of the river. Um, like I. Uh, hiked the PCT and I think one of my favorite things about that was just waking up in the morning and packing your bag and just getting onto the trail and like keeping moving forward you kind of have this tunnel vision and you're so in this experience and I'm really excited to just be on the river and just have that as kind of like our only focus like we'll just be floating upstream and meeting people along the way and that'll be our mission um just kind of being on the water and a little bit simplified and being able to let go of some of those external worries a little bit as well in in consideration of the fact that you will be interviewed weekly on this podcast while you're on the water uh what would you like what would you like from the listeners how would you like the the listeners, the people who follow your trip on Instagram, how would you like them to engage with this expedition? I think we'd love to hear people's questions and to to crowdsource questions too that we can be asking folks along the way, you know, just getting a sense of what what does the general public want to know about the Sacramento River and its stakeholders and how can we serve as almost like a conduit a way to to gather that information and and make it more available and accessible yeah i agree i think that questions would be really cool something to kind of um look forward to each week just what is what are the listeners what what do they think is interesting about what we're doing well i think you know i i this begs so many questions and and then I just, I, I'm excited. I'm really excited to hear what you encounter. I think that there's so many things that will unravel in a good way as you wander downstream. I don't think you're going to wander. I think you're going to paddle hard downstream. And, and uh, yeah, I'm super excited to talk with you. Thank you. We're super Thanks. We're really excited to check in with you. You can follow um, along on our um, journey with pictures and probably some really funny stories on Instagram um, at sacksourcetosee.com. Hey, spell that out. S-A-C-S-O-U-R-C-E-T-O-S-E-A. A Klamath Mountain-sized thanks goes out to the crew from Sac Source to Sea for engaging in this initial interview and for the on-river interviews they will supply over the next month. Based on their schedule and timing, these update interviews will publish every week or so in March and April. Subscribe to gain those immediate uploads to your library. You can learn more about their journey in the show notes and on their Instagram and website, Sac Source to Sea. If you are planning a Source to Sea journey and would like to consider joining this project, Send an email and let's chat. Hello at theriverradius.com. 
You can find the River Radius on Instagram, Facebook, and our website. Those links are also in the show notes. I have a favor to ask of each of you. Review and share and subscribe. These actions of support from you towards the River Radius are immense in propelling this podcast. My name is Sam Carter. Thanks so much for joining the River Radius. Okay. <laughs>